I sat down with Mark Rutzen, CEO and co-founder of HelloData.ai. We had a really great conversation about AI and everything that could happen within the real estate industry uh, in the near term uh, with AI coming into the to the industry, and then also talked about the the products he's building. So really great episode. Check it out. Listen, everybody, we all know that real estate is the most proven way to build wealth. But why isn't everyone wealthy from real estate then? It's hard to know where to start. And most of the education out there is just complete trash. And you end up investing your money on a series of courses instead of in real estate. That's not how this podcast works. We give you the blueprint to successful real estate investing and bring on guests actually willing to share their secrets. I started my real estate investing journey as a freshman in college when I bought my first duplex and have been in the trenches doing deals ever since. And today, I now own hundreds of millions of dollars of investment property. On this podcast, you will learn what you actually need to know to be a successful active or passive real estate investor. And we'll offer our takes on what's happening today so you can navigate this market and build wealth. I'm Drew Brenneman, and this is the Brenneman Blueprint. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Brenneman Blueprint. Today, I have Mark Rutzen, co-founder and CEO of HelloData.ai. Welcome, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know, Mark's worked uh, kind of at the start of his career. He worked in real estate, uh, real estate development, brokerage, consulting. And then actually, I saw him speak at like a ULI lunch I was at when he uh, uh, co-founded a company called Inodo, which was a predictive analytics startup that utilized machine learning to automate the real estate investment underwriting process. I remember there were different scores for amenities and different things. Um, So then that got sold to Walker and Dunlap and he worked there for four years for four years. Yeah. That went by fast then. Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like that was two seconds ago when I was at that launch. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then, and now he's back in the startup world with, uh, Hello, data, and you know AI is obviously top of everyone's mind these days, and Chat GPT. So, um, wanna wanna have Mark on and pick his brain, see what he's up to now. So, welcome. Absolutely, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why don't maybe I think I had mentioned you got started in real estate initially, because yeah, when we had first talked, I thought you were yeah like a computer science. No, uh, no, yeah. actually, real estate background. Yeah, I um. So I, I started off uh, in a company called Madison Construction, uh, which launched a development branch called Three Corners. Um, so my, my background, my educational background, I got my Master of Science in Real Estate Development from Columbia. I'm a managing broker. Uh, I don't use the managing broker license very much these days uh, in the tech side, but I, I do still have it. Uh, so I worked in um, development at Three Corners, and we did um, a master plan community development in Moline. Uh, we did a federally qualified health center uh, and a few neighborhood stabilization programs where I was kind of involved, uh, soup to nuts, the whole process. Um, in doing that and then in working at a, a couple other companies uh, subsequently, um, you know, I saw in every aspect of real estate, it was really manual, really inefficient and very, very speculative, right? People would speculate, oh, I think this drove rents higher. I think this is going to happen. Um, and I was actually doing the manual work of like going to the assessor websites and pulling data or manually inputting data from rent rolls. And I thought, man, I would love to build something that makes it so people don't have to do this anymore. Uh, and that was the the impetus behind Noto. Um, 
So the, the big claim to fame for Inoda was we can, uh, we would ingest rent rolls and operating statements, put it alongside market data and uh, help you determine the value add, um, the, the, the best value add investments to do. So basically we could tell you if you did the granite countertops, the hardwood floors, the roof deck, how much more rent would those actually get you? Uh, so that was, we scaled pretty quickly, uh, got some big names on the platform and then uh, Walker and Dunlop had a pilot with us and ultimately that turned out to 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 an acquisition right um so i joined wd in 2019 uh as part of that acquisition and then rose to chief product officer building internal tech for them that ultimately shaved a lot of time off the underwriting process and made things a lot more efficient um but i kind of love the startup world so uh here i am back in it nice yeah that's awesome and it's because i think then what was i mean the the uh the way the rent roll and everything is being ingested in Inodo. Like how did that work? Yeah, we basically, we built uh, a series of algorithms that understood the different formats. Um, so whether it's Yardi, RealPage, Atfolio, we, we looked at every different template and some of them are pretty straightforward. Uh, and some, as you know, are, are very much not straightforward. Uh, but with machine learning, uh, we were able to handle all the different edge cases and we built it so that, you know, people could actually upload their rent roll. And if there were uh, issues with the machine learning, like it didn't pick something up, they would see what it did pick up and have the opportunity to correct that. Uh, so that approach worked really well and enabled us to handle a, a lot of different rent roll templates. Ultimately, we got some feedback that it was one of the best parsers on the market, which which makes sense for why uh, WD was interested. Yeah, because we use a product now, uh, Brandon Capital does, called, called Red IQ. Very so okay yep. yeah so that uh, that's shaved a lot of time off where yeah we used to especially when you're looking at deals that are larger uh, you have these rent rolls are always formatted differently and yep. people put in different charges in different places and then we want to uh, load it up into our model mm -hmm. so yeah we've we don't we're not using AI really in the underwriting process other than the red IQ tool yeah but that's shaved a ton of time off to get the data organized and then the way we've uh, set up our model in Excel is then once we can just uh, export the data, copy and paste it out of Red IQ, goes into our model and then it really populates the whole rest of the model, just like yeah. flows through. So there's not a like it, it knows how to look. Okay, it's got this many units mm -hmm. and it fills it out. And then you just adjust it for the business deal. Okay, this one we need to renovate the units. Let me. Yep. This is when the manual work starts. We need to look at the last couple of deals. How much did it cost to renovate and then enter all that in and go, you know, unit type by unit type with the business plan. But that's, yeah, yeah that's saved off so much time where we used to manually be adjusting that or oh, here's yeah. the unit count. <laughs> and um, I know how that goes. <laughs> so yeah, so we, we've saved some time um, for sure. I think maybe before we get into Hello Data, I'd be curious, just kind of, um, you know, like a lot of real estate folks, like a, another guy I had on the podcast, he, he referred to uh, like us as dumb real estate guys, you know, like <laughs> nicely, obviously, I don't think any of us are dumb, but like, right. it's funny, sort of the adoption of tech or even people like looking into it, um, where yeah, real estate's definitely like going to always be behind the curve for tech. Um, and I think so if, if someone's listening now, they don't really know much about AI. How would you describe AI? Uh, just kind of someone that's almost like never heard of it at this point. Yeah, well, first, I'd say uh, there's no dumb real estate people, right? Because, uh, you know, startups may say, 
these real estate people, they don't adopt tech. Oh, they're so behind the times. It's so manual. But at the end of the day, they're making millions of dollars. I mean, like, let's not kid ourselves here. So I, I always hate when people are like, oh, real estate people, they'll never get it. Okay, they get it. It's working. They're, they're making good yeah. money. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we, yeah, we get it. What's funny, the reason we joke and call ourselves that is we buy, you know, we buy a building, let's say, and then you do a, a simple renovation, increase the income, and then everybody makes $2 million. Like that, yeah. that's where it's like, it's good you, you don't need to be a, a genius to do that. You need to know quite a few things along the way. And there's a million moving pieces, but that's why we, you know, you do it for five, 10 years and you got, okay, I get the steps. I, uh, yeah. I'm ready to, you know, have the potential to make a lot of money and not be inventing anything or running, you know, um, brain surgery practices or something. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Anyways. I mean, I, I think um, to a certain extent, it's just because real estate has been so local for forever. It's it's very like, you know, your market really well. Um, but today, I mean, there's so much data available and uh, AI available. And I'll get to the definition in a second. But uh, there's, there's so much tech available that now people can actually compete in other markets because they have granular enough data. I think that's only going to continue. So the, the adoption of technology is going to be more and more important as these tools get more advanced. Uh, but the simplest way to describe AI, uh, so it's a machine that has the, the ability to perform complex cognitive operations similar to a human, like indistinguishable from a human in a lot of ways. It's not thinking, okay? It's not actually aware of itself but it's trained on data such that it understands what the appropriate response should be uh, based on you know, tons of training data flowing into it of human conversations, uh, articles written, uh, real estate data in, in our case, uh, right? And, and can actually derive conclusions very much like uh, a human would. So then if we were to just play it out a little bit into the future or maybe a lot into the future, what would you say, you know, whatever it is, 10 or 20 years from now, real estate looks like? now that like AI is like more injected into the, the industry. Yeah. So I think um, the speculation will be significantly less because we'll have objective measures for uh, what rank growth is going to look like, what risk is, is actual like actual risk and not just like, oh, I think it'll go up this much. Like you'd be able to quantify what is my potential risk of this not turning out to be a good investment. That and uh, a lot of the manual things that we do today, they're already uh, being automated, like in, in crazy ways. Uh, if you've ever played with chat GPT, like it can write real estate listing descriptions. It may have a few issues, but it's, it's quickly improving so that it's smoothed out. I mean, one example, um, you know, I, I put some, something into it. I was like recently renovated a uh, floor in the living room. And then it extrapolates to recently renovated hardwood floors throughout, right? So it, it still makes mistakes like that, but it's improving so rapidly that I imagine, you know, our, our whole exercise of putting together uh, an investment and an offering memo and sending that to people to get uh, investment and then sending it to a lender to get financing. It's all, and then the lender summarizes it on their end and the investment committee and the, the potential acquirer summarizes it on their end. Why are we summarizing data back and forth forever Right. If we could all kind of look at the same data and in the same outputs, I think that's where real estate's headed. Uh, so it's going to be either we realize that we don't need to convert everything to a PDF and send it to people uh, because it's it's kind of pointless or um, we just have AI create the OM and send it. And then we have AI 
read the OM and digest it, and we just do that back and forth. And then what what format would it be sent in then if it's not a PDF? How you mentioned it's it's somehow it's in some system or a platform, right? Like where people work today. I, back when I first started in real estate tech, um, you know there weren't a whole lot of platforms out there that had scale. Um, you know, there, there's the co-stars, the Axios of the world that, that were pretty big, but there weren't a ton that have scale. Now there's so many, the, the startups that made it through this whole time that kind of launched back in the, the like 2016, 17, 18 era, like some of them are pretty well scaled and people run their business on these platforms, but AI can inject insight into those processes in such a way that they don't have to go learn another interface because uh, I, I'm pretty sure the last thing people want right now is another product to learn another interface to log into. Yeah. Right. We, we try to bring uh, with hello data. We try to bring the insight where they already work. No, that's interesting. Yeah. I was on a different podcast as a guest and they, he was, he was like an interesting thing is talking about people's tech stacks. Yeah. Um, which, you know, six months ago, I never heard of that term. And we you know we had, I was, went through like eight things we have in a, a certain point. I was like, I feel like this is enough. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. in turn, no, in terms of like going through each one, one by one, like, what do you like, let's hit the most important eight, I guess. Cause we'll be here all, all day if we're going to run through everything we're using, but yeah. then what sort of, so it would be something like, it'd be a, a platform that then both the investor and like the purchaser and maybe the seller they're all on you know something yeah. like a what are some names of those like a deal path or what um... deal path is is big um pro deal also big uh starting to to gain more traction so like the the deal rooms like that that will always kind of be a need but what is analyzed from those documents in the deal rooms like the the fact that we have to go down into multiple folders like if you're using box right now uh you and you have any sort of folder structure that's organized across the organization and all big companies uh tend to have this right you're you're to find that appraisal that you did uh you, that you got a couple months ago and look at the comps well you're clicking down into like eight folders yeah. <laughs> finding it and then you're like oh it wasn't actually in that folder now i have to go to a different deal folder and find it it actually wastes a ton of time and then what you're doing with the the document is you're copying and pasting data out into excel to analyze manually well now technology can extract that data from the appraisal analyze it and tell you hey this is what rents will look like. This is what growth will look like when layered in with all the other data. You're not going to get that from one or two appraisals, but if you layer that information, the comps they chose, the valuation they provided with market data uh, in, in actual deal data from other sources, it gets pretty robust in terms of the analytical capabilities. And now with ChatGPT, you could just summarize it like in plain English. It's no more a median error and real estate people kind of like trying to figure out what that means. It's like, no, in plain English, this is going to happen. Uh, if you do this, this will likely be the result with this percent certainty. And everyone could wrap their heads around that. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I, it sounds like you're um, working maybe a little more on multifamily, but I used to work at a commercial developer and one thing that the only efficiency i've i saw ever was on the commercial deals someone the brokerage house would have the deal already loaded up in argus mm -hmm. so then when you start underwriting it's already you open the file they already have the building all the tenants everything loaded in and all the leases so that would save save you in multifamily the whole step of like organizing the data getting entered how many units is it what's the square footage um 
but yeah, still to date, that's almost like the only efficiency, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I've I've seen in terms of like the the sale process. It's so yeah, it's still very much. I, I feel like real estate is still very much in the get our data organized phase. Yeah, and there's you know get your data organized. Then there's business intelligence and charts and graphs and deriving insight. Still a human deriving insight, but with really good data. Uh, that that's all kind of in a cohesive format. And then there's AI and machine learning where it's actually using the data to derive insights. We're still very much in phase one, crossing over into phase two a little bit. Um, but uh, real estate data is, is very disorganized, as, as you know. I'm sure uh, you've been to many assessors' websites, many recorders' websites. They're all different. Right. Uh, it's just a function of how the industry works. Yeah, and then even, you know, we we're super organized and everyone gives us like a kudos like oh this is nice in terms of the how we organize our stuff to sell a building or to apply for a loan but it's it's funny even uh you know we'll be buying a building and not everyone's using box or dropbox i mean sometimes we're getting stuff just emailed the one by one to us a lot of times yeah. or you send it to a lender i mean half the lenders are like oh we can't use dropbox can't use box it's not yep. you need to use our like secure thing and so then you have this nice file structure you made to share with your lender, the folders, and it doesn't matter. You gotta still, oh, yeah. yeah. So there's still a lot of uh, a lot of getting the getting the data organized and sharing phase to to oh, flush yes. out, especially when you start involving the banks and whatnot. That yeah, no, I, I know firsthand. We we built a system at W and D to handle uh, document processing in that way, and we got the same pushback. Like, hey, no, I have my way of doing it. So like, it, everyone has their own way. But with AI, it's starting to make the the processes. It kind of doesn't matter what your chart of accounts is or what your document format is anymore, because the algorithms will take that data, analyze it, and give you the outputs in the way the lender wants to see it nice yeah and then you can teach it that and get it okay nice yeah that um well that would be exciting that would that would save a lot of steps it's coming <laughs> so yeah so then what's hello data doing i know you have you know three or four different products i mean maybe if you want to talk about the company or however you want to start but just i think probably yeah. easiest go product by product but well high high level um so Tim and Nico, uh, who are my co-founders in Hello Data, were actually my first two hires at Anoto back in the day. Um, and you know, we're we're kind of obsessed with quantifying the drivers of real estate value using AI and machine learning to to tell you, yes, the granite countertops will get you this much. Yes, being in this market or this neighborhood versus this neighborhood has this much of a premium uh, in this particular city, right? That that sort of thing we just love back in the day with Anoto and. We still love it. We still we still want to do it. Um, we found in the Inodo days, um, you know, focusing on the acquisition side is all well and good, but it's only relevant when there is an acquisition, right? And especially today, deal volumes are a lot lower. There's an ongoing need closer to the operation, um, and, and we've seen this. You know, we we built a, a revenue management product, uh, and we we test with a few clients, and we we got to see what the process is for revenue management today. Well, they sit in a, a meeting every week and they look at the outputs of their revenue management software, whether it's ours or, or someone else's. Um, and they, they speculate, oh, I think this drove price, or I think we should do this with the units. I think these units are never gonna uh, sell at that price. There's, there's no way we're gonna be able to get that rent. Uh, even though Yieldstar or LRO or one of the major softwares is telling them you got people that, although well-intentioned, 
they're not data scientists and they're they're sitting around questioning those results and, and kind of speculating as to the right strategy. So we kind of realized that that's the the that's something that since everyone's going through and since everyone is trying to to you know figure out the best path forward in, in many different aspects of real estate, Hello Data is focused on providing that insight at the operating level. So not only what your pricing should be, because that's that's one lever, right, in the the equation. But how should your like is your is your lender or is your um uh, resident experience deeply flawed? Like your property website is uh, really hard to navigate, and and you're losing uh, money because people can't get through the door. Okay, well that's that's something that even if you adjust price, you're not going to solve unless you can identify that as an issue. Uh, or you're, you're charging fees that are very different from your competition, your closest comps in the market, and you're leaving money on the table. Uh, or your operating expenses, you know, you're, you're not actually benchmarking against your closest comps and you think you're doing well, but you're actually not doing so well. And you could, you know, reduce expenses quite significantly by switching vendors here and there. These are the types of insights that we want to provide. And what we're trying to do is high level take data from that the lenders have access to and take data that the owners have access to and find a way to look at it all cohesively and give insights to to both groups that's that's kind of the high level goal and uh in terms of the products i mean we we can probably cover them one by one and uh, talk about what they do um yeah sounds good i think yeah. on the one where they're you're evaluating the website mm -hmm. so how would that how would that work in terms of like you know some of this i can envision obviously how rents could get set where you're you know you're pulling that data but how are you how would you guys be evaluating a website i'd be curious what's the yeah so or metrics so um the the language on the website is one right is it are you highlighting the right aspects of the property based on what's going on in the market so if you know that x y and z property websites are highlighting this and they're getting less time on market and higher rents than than you and not offering as much in in the way of concessions um okay we can isolate that as a variable and say no you need to change the way you're describing your your property if the the photos are of poor quality you're not highlighting the right things like we can identify that we have a, a photo extraction algorithm called quality score that that can actually extract the quality and condition of photos and and tell you if it's a good photo or a bad photo on top of that um or if just very simply your your seo is poor because your website takes forever to load right like that that's there's built-in tools to to identify that or um i shouldn't say built-in we're building it into our tools but there are tools out there uh third-party software to analyze that how fast your website loads how seo optimized it is so that's a simple kind of a simple thing the the more complex stuff is like where are my expenses relative to the market and how should i go about improving that or uh you know for example what software products? And we're, we're not quite to the point where we can answer this, but we anticipate we'll be able to answer it in the future. What software products are your closest comps using? And what ROI is that providing them? Because there's so much out there that it's very difficult to tell. What, what should I adopt? I've got 16 options for this product. What should I adopt that's going to give me the highest ROI? What's interesting, it's going to be it's going to be tough to figure out the fees like that everyone's charging because a lot of times like we're doing the same thing we're looking at comps and you don't really a lot of the times at these places know what the like utility package or pet or uh, pet rent or 
maybe they have the pet rent on the website, but some of these things, you know, where they have these extra charges, um, you know, you don't know till you walk the property and you're actually touring, they give you a sheet of paper that has all like a breakdown of how it works. Yeah. And then some places they, they have tax on top of the rent. Like that's like a, a city or charges tax. So then like that, some people are quoting it with the tax, some without, like it's not, um, yeah. So that's interesting. That'll be tough to parse out, but that's, um, I, I get, I get the problem because we do that all the time. Like I, I own deals in three different markets and mm-hmm. soon to be five where I just moved to Texas as you know, nice. but, um, but yeah, so that, um, you know, you go to Phoenix, let's say where we are, and then they're doing one thing for security deposits and fees. And in Chicago is totally different. And in Minnesota, it's totally different. Yep. And I'd assume when we buy something in Austin or Dallas, it's going to be different again in terms of how, you know, not, not wildly different where we mm-hmm. don't understand it, but one, you know, like in Chicago, if let's say you have a rent concession, everyone markets the net effect of rent. So the the rent when you factor in the concession mm-hmm. in Phoenix, they don't do that. They right. just they they just want to see what they pay, and then they read, oh, there's a one month free or five hundred dollars signing bonus. Like that's that will be then deducted from the whatever the twelve hundred dollars in rent I'm looking at. Yeah. So then you don't want to be the only person in the market advertising the rent differently. Obviously, mm-hmm. people come in and be surprised. So I get the need for the product. That'll be. That'll be great if you guys can make that. I mean, that's something we would definitely use. So yeah, well, we we have a lot of components of it, and then that sets me up to talk about the different yeah. products that we have. And, so and we have we have a photo analyzer too. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's me. <laughs> it's me complaining to everybody that these these photos suck. Basically, <laughs> where <you> um, <laughs> I don't know my yeah my dad taught me a bit about photography, so I'm always the one hounding everybody about like shoot the picture lower and gotcha. stop running it through these filters that look like garbage, you know, like just, yeah. um, so, and anyways, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, having nice photos really helps. So, um, I think that would be a cool thing too. Cause then we could run our deals through it and be like, if it's, let's say zero to hundreds a score, we can't use any photos mm-hmm. that are below 90 score. Yeah. Like that's our process. And so we run it, we optimize our website and you got a photo on here. That's a, 62 score take it get rid of it take yeah. a new picture of the pool or whatever what go maybe start with rent source or yeah what do you think yeah are- um so that, so rent source um so basically what we're doing with that product we're going to all the the kind of major listing sites uh, across the country a, a lot of individual property websites as well and we're aggregating data on the rents the time on market, the fees that they charge, the the concessions, which we use NLP to to pick the effective rent from the concessions. Basically, process the text. If it's like you get a hundred dollar Starbucks gift card and first month off if you sign a thirteen month lease, well now AI can actually go through that and determine. Oh, okay, here's your effective rent from that. Yeah, but in some markets, though, they're not. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. this is where this it, is so tricky. Market difference, yeah, for sure. You have to have to learn that maybe um yeah which that'll be manual figuring out but then once you figure it out what they're doing doing yeah anyways that's no once we figure out the market differences i I think um it it will be hugely impactful because then what what we're basically trying to do there so we have all this this data that's coming in every day we want to benchmark allow you to benchmark your performance against your closest comps and see 
you know, what, what should I do? What, sh how should my strategy and positioning change based on what my, my closest comps are doing? Um, and some insights that we can derive there. I mean, because we see, uh, average time on market, what the, the rent was, uh, as it was advertised, what the fees they're charging are, we could actually tell which property managers are getting the highest performance just by looking at top of the line. Like, are there units on the market for a very short time and then they go off uh, and look at like all their properties across the market and see, oh, this this property manager objectively achieves better performance than these other property managers. Right. So a lot of times improving performance is just a matter of changing your your vendors and property management is is kind of a big vendor uh so so that's some analytics that we can provide with the data right now uh, but the goal uh ultimately i mentioned the photo extraction algorithm uh, that we call quality score uh, that assesses the condition quality and attributes of real estate at a distance from photos uh, our goal is to combine those two basically make it so you can uh, programmatically find the worst house on the best block. Like use the, the data on everything that's going on in the market, everything that's comparable, and use the data on the physical attributes of the property. Like we're looking at street views, we're looking at interior photos, exterior photos. If, uh, and it, well, I say we, it's the algorithm is doing this, right? Um, but if we can distill that into a score, you could say, hey, this property, on this block is earning lower rents than all the other properties in, in that area. And the physical condition of it on the exterior, it's overgrown uh, grass, it's got graffiti uh, bars on the windows, all sorts of issues that, uh, you know, looking at it for a second, you would be able to tell, but you can't look at every property in every market. So if we combine these two, which we're working on now, we think we can help identify value add opportunities at scale at least direct people in the, the right uh, area. We can't guarantee people will sell, but there are data sets that we can uh, start to leverage that can uh, get us closer to determining if someone's actually going to sell or not. Okay. And so just to unpack all this, and then I guess in terms of what's available today, is is all this stuff still being developed or is there any things people can uh, sign up for and use right now? from uh, uh, hello data or yes rent source is available today uh so you can sign up and subscribe basically it's a, a weekly email that has data on all the properties that you want to track in a particular market your competition you can put them in and then every uh monday at 8 a.m it'll send here's what happened at those properties here's their their updated rents here's the the um the, the fees that they're charging, that that sort of thing. It's all in just one well-packaged email. Uh, and the liquid rent product, which is our revenue management software, uh, that's available today too. And we're, um, we're aiming to be the most transparent revenue management software on the market. So right now it'll tell you, uh, here's the predicted price. Uh, it's because this number of uh, prospects normally comes in and that converts to this many applicants and that converts to this many leases. Uh, and if you put the price higher or lower, here's what that funnel is going to look like. Um, so we're, we're trying to make it as transparent as possible. And next we're going to be adding in uh, the ability to like in human words, describe uh, why you should do this or this. Right now it's, it's charts and graphs, uh, but we want to humanize it uh, using AI. That's that's interesting. So that, yeah, so rent source, that's sending you information on your competing properties, just sent automatically. I mean, that's nice because everyone thinks, okay, I'll go look Monday, see what people are charging and then they get busy yep. where this is uh, all, all scraped and pulled from the internet and everywhere you can go. Um, 
sent to you than liquid rent. I mean, where are you usually? That's that's giving you uh, pricing recommendations on what you should charge. Because yeah, Yieldstar and the I think LRO or like that. We are not. We haven't used any of those, but I know on many larger deals, like everyone is using those. And mm-hmm. I thought they were just sort of letting the application run their pricing. You no, know, we, some of these. we've heard, uh, you know, it's like 60 to 80% of the time they accept the recommendations, right? A lot of the time they aren't. They're applying their, their judgment. And part of the problem with that market, not singling out any individual provider, but like there are a lot of levers to pull. It's you almost need to learn how the revenue management software is supposed to work. And I've talked with people that did that as their full-time job, their asset managers who are kind of tweaking the the levers and assumptions. Um, why do we have to do that? Yeah. <laughs> it it kind of doesn't make sense. You shouldn't have to learn how to tweak the assumptions that should be provided for you with with the tech that's available today. So that's that's kind of our philosophy. We want to be transparent not a black box model where you don't know what's going to happen and you you still have to pull the levers and make the adjustments it's these are the inputs this is why they're the inputs and this is the outputs and this is what's going to happen if you use those outputs yeah makes sense and one gap in the market i'm not sure if you guys are planning on trying to fill this void is so like so like i own buildings for bottom from five units to 96 units i think is the biggest unit count and some of those deals are pretty big, you know, 25, 33 yeah. million bucks. Like they're not small deals. And I would think most of the housing stock in the country is like in that range that I own. Um, I don't, I don't know the percentage, but I'd imagine there is, uh, you know, a huge percentage of the multifamily units are in five to whatever below a hundred unit buildings. And, you know, there's no, there's no one using pricing software in right. that size. Where yeah, you have to be connected more or less to one of the bigger expensive accounting options, and then um, you know if you own an eight unit, you're not doing that. Right. And so I think this would be something where if it's simple to to use, it's not where uh, yeah I need to enter in these assumptions and this one has a balcony, this one has a whatever doggy doors and to the patio and all this stuff where it's it's easier to use almost kind of how like you have your rent source where it's like, it's just an email you look mm-hmm. at. Like it's, everyone knows how to look at an email at this point where, yeah, if you're able to make it easy to use and then somehow also dip into that like smaller building space yeah. like that, that would be uh, a huge product potentially. Cause like, I mean, I have 20 plus buildings I'd be interested in using that on, yeah. but I'm not connected to the two biggest accounting options, which then doesn't really work together um we're we're using appfolio for most gotcha. of our like deal level accounting some of the management companies we use they do have yardi or or um are are using um real page for accounting but it's they it's like then you're going to rely on them to set the algorithm and yeah. I'd rather I'd rather be setting the price just basically doing what rent source is manually is like our process right now yeah so um Below like 100 units, you really can't use pure supply and demand. Um, And maybe it's not exactly 100 units. It kind of depends on the market. If you're more uh, suburban and there's not a whole lot of comps, uh, you know, you you need more units to to get that supply and demand. And the the city, you know, with software like Yieldstar and LRO, they they have uh, other data flowing in from other properties. 
our approach to it and how we want to serve that market under the the hundred unit range. Uh, so it's kind of like a spectrum. When you you get to the the smaller properties, is more comps driven, and when you get to the bigger properties, it makes more sense to go supply and demand driven. Um, so what we want to do is blend the models so that when you get to the smaller units, it's finding the best possible comps to infuse the algorithm and, and give you pricing. It doesn't have to give you the data on the comps and, and make you analyze it. It could actually spit out the right price based on your closest comps. And those closest comps are taking into account all the, the data that we collect on them, including the, the visuals of the properties from the, the street views and the interiors if we have photos on them. So it's like how a human being would look at uh, determining comps. And that would drive the algorithm at the lower end. And then up at the, the upper end, it's it's more uh, purely supply and demand because you have like a 500 unit property. <clears throat> Every floor plan has enough traffic to do a supply and demand calculation. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually your answer reminded me of the main reason we never adopted these is like the rents at a, uh, or a, a, uh, adopted any of the pricing software is because all the comps being fed into the current options are the nicer, bigger buildings. And, you know, if you own an eight unit around the corner, I mean, if it's Chicago prices, maybe the two bedroom in that building using yield star is charging $4,300 for a two bed at this point. Mm -hmm. And we're around the corner at 3,100 or 3,000. So it's not, yeah. I don't want to, so I just assumed I never even tried it. I sign up for yield star. It's going to tell us we should start charging four grand when I already, I've already tried charging 3200 couldn't get it let's say hypothetically yeah so that actually was the main reason not that we thought we wouldn't uh um that and then yeah some of who would depending who are using if you're using uh appfolio which we've really liked there wasn't an option i don't think to connect any of that then it's just, it was too manual so yeah rent source and liquid rent and then the quality score that's coming yeah. No, quality score exists. It's just not really usable for real estate people on its own. We we kind of uh, built all of these as APIs first and and started off selling them to uh, real estate tech companies, other prop tech companies that can offer them as a, a, an add-on for their their clients. So like, um, and actually, you want to explain an API? I mean, uh, I, yeah. I know it's like you connect to it, but I I'm sure many people are like, wait, API? Yeah, application programming interface. Um, basically it sends data from one system to another. It's an organized format to send data from one system to another. Um, and so an API, um, I would send it data, right? If, if I have like X, Y, and Z attributes about my property uh, and there's an API that does this, I could send data to it and then it will say, oh, here's your analytics on that property, right? Here's how it compares to the market or here's you know the, the potential to improve it, whatever it may be. In quality score, it's you're sending the URLs to uh, photos, the, the link to the photo, send it to the, the API, and it will return the score for each of those photos in a composite for the building. Interesting. Yeah. And then you can combine that then with the rent source to say like, hey, yeah. here's an opportunity. They're charging rents that are below what they should. The exterior looks like it's in need of a refresh. Exactly. This is a value add opportunity. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting product. And I think if you guys can figure out how to, I mean, that's really cool in terms of identifying off-market deals or uh, potential opportunities at scale that like owners and brokers would definitely want to use or buyers, I should say. 
Yeah, owners. it's it's going to take some some work to get it there. I mean, because it's not just the the images and it's it's not just the property data. We're going to need to probably layer on some other data to make that. I mean, we need like school district ratings. We need crime ratings, demographics. We don't have that stuff yet, but once we do, we think we could get because of the visual analysis aspect of it. We think we could get to the best uh, value add sourcing platform, and then it's like from there we need to solve the problem of will they actually sell and that's a whole other ball game first it'll be get get the value add identification uh and tee it up so it's easy for people to to reach out uh and then it's find some way to link that to contact info so they actually can reach out uh and then it's find out if those people are going to it's a complex problem <laughs> you should keep going because actually when we we had talked for a minute yesterday and then you go you maybe go all the way until the LOI thing you told me so they, this yeah is what you know what it might be like in far out in the future yeah so if you can uh, identify the properties that have poor condition and lower rents than their immediate surroundings and you know that those markets are going to be performing well or are already performing well okay then you can identify value add deals. If you can layer in the information on who the contact is, okay, then you have someone to reach out to. If you can layer in the information on when their loan term ends uh, and, you know, what their strategy has been. And this, this part is complex because you need to look at a lot of different transactions uh, and get a lot of historical data. But if you see they're in disposition mode or you see something recently changed, like the, the father died and left the properties to the son, and they're, they're gonna you know, potentially sell. Those are events where it's more likely that they'll sell. Um, it, it's a few key events, like the, the loan coming to term, uh, you know, change of hands of the property within the family, uh, and you know, their strategy being to exit particular markets. Okay, you can use that data to determine their probability of being receptive to an offer. Um, and then if you can tee up using just ChatGPT or OpenAI's API, um, an automated LOI, right? Then you could say, here are the opportunities. Here's how likely they are to actually respond positively if I reach out. Here's a contact info, and here's a canned email for you to reach out with a LOI teed up. Like, hypothetically, that is all possible. It's a lot of problems to solve. and. We might not solve all of them ourselves. Uh, we we may stick to kind of the the value add identification, maybe getting into you know some probability of of sale. But uh, it's a problem that if if solved allows the identification of value add deals, both single family rental and multifamily at scale across the country, which is super exciting. Yeah, that would be. And then even even for submitting the offers or LOIs, you could have that really more be like a template that's provided by the client, not yeah. uh, the client is in the acquirer of the property person making the offer. You don't, you probably, you don't need chat GPT to write a new contract every time. Right. Even for our deals, we have a LOI template and more or less it's as we're just typing in the address, the number, like this, we're just updating yeah. basic stuff where, uh, actually an, an app folio does a great job of this with leases. We have a lease template and then it's got these merge fields that, get pulled in from their application. So let's say gotcha. they um, they apply, they type in their name and their address and their phone number and all this stuff. It then takes that from their application and puts that on the blanks that it's needed in the lease. So you just literally press like one button, like send lease or yep. generate lease. I haven't yeah. clicked the button. I'm not sure what it says, but that's what I'm 
I'm told when we signed up. I, I tend to to gravitate toward like more complex tech. Uh, yeah, just I, yeah, you I don't love need it, to rewrite right? but, the contract. They should yeah. make their own, and then you're clicking a button. You guys would need to get it to the point where you've tracked down the emails, yeah, um, or you know, a phone number and send a text or something. But yeah, that is um, that would be exciting. We've actually made sort of a uh, our own version of almost all that stuff you're talking about. Where yeah, we have our Thanks. template, and then we have a thing we we've called our location score that we developed where pulls in all the demographic and uh, so, you know, like in population information by zip code from, um, from the census, all job growth data, um, just uh, home prices. Mm -hmm. And then the rate, you know, we calculate the rate of change on all these and then it, it scores it from uh, um, just how many standard deviations it is from the average. So it could be positive or negative. But when we make this map, it was really accurate. It was like for Chicago, it's picking up Logan Square is accelerating and then Lincoln Park is already yep. nice. Um, and so and then we have always taken this to other markets. We've looked at it ourselves when we've driven the market. We've shown it to locals and they're all like, this is really yeah, accurate. You know, maybe I think this one spot has a good school. So um, maybe I think that's a little better than what your map has. But there's almost no changes. And then, too, when we were looking at a uh, when we've looked at rent comps for deals we've been acquiring, we've been running linear regressions with the data we're pulling nice. on the comps. And then oftentimes you'll see like, hey, what's this building at the bottom basically charging below market rents? Mm -hmm. Let's give those guys a call. Yeah. And so like this isn't at scale at all. This is like a guy. Um, well, actually, the the location score thing is now automatic at this point where we have a deal database where That's every awesome. deal we underwrite, we click a button in our model and then it sends this data feed tape out to a separate uh, database Excel file we have. And when that happens, it pulls the address and does a location score. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, where we've we've done a lot of cool stuff and that's helped us so much um and so this like the sky's the limit with this stuff so it's exciting to hear um but in terms of how we've um you know like for the linear regression on the rents that's us putting in like six deals we think are comps for something we're looking at yeah. you know so it's not being done at scale but i did think like hey somebody could go through and do every like every like sub market in like a metro area and go hey mm -hmm. these are like the 10 buildings that are doing the worst based on our linear regressions. Let's see what's up with those. Yeah. Um, you you could combine that yeah, with the photos and that'd be an we, interesting thing. You guys are way ahead of the curve uh, on, on that. I mean, yeah. most people aren't doing analytics like that. It's still very much gut driven. Um, some groups have figured it out and, and do similar things. I've heard uh, different scoring models like that, uh, it, mostly from institutional players like that are, are doing like, three to 500 unit properties and they're, they're big acquisitions. You guys are applying it in yeah. slightly smaller properties. I mean, you, well, you're, you're clearly making a killing with it. So yeah, <laughs> well, that's where some of these folks came from those big companies and they just got sick of working there basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, but nice. Well, yeah, let's, let's leave it there then Mark. I think, yeah. so how can uh, people want to learn more about you or hello data? Where should they go? So uh, our website is hello data, all one word dot AI. Uh, hellodata.ai and if you want to reach out to me it's mark m-a-r-c at hellodata.ai awesome thanks for joining us absolutely thanks for having me 
If you learned something from today's show, leave a review and hit that subscribe button wherever you enjoy your podcast. Dive deeper into real estate investing on Brenneman Capital's website, Brenneman.com, where we have numerous free resources and information that can help both active and passive real estate investors. Accredited investors can get started today as a passive investor in our multifamily investment opportunities by hitting the Invest Now button on our website. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Drew Brenneman and guests as of the date of recording and do not purport to reflect the views or opinions of Brenneman Capital LLC and its subsidiaries. Views and opinions are provided for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon or deemed as investment or tax advice or an offer to buy or sell securities. The speaker cannot be held responsible for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information offered.